York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show. Here giving you that Nick stuff, just the Nick of Time. And it's time to bust those guns because the Knicks have won five straight. We are eight games over 500 and we beat the Pelicans 128 to 106. Julius Randle, another ho-hum game gives you 28 points, five assists, and seven rebounds. Jalen Brunson, another ho-hum game as well, gives you 20 points, five assists, and two rebounds. Emmanuel quickly off the bench, does his thug fizzle, hits threes, plays defense, and gives you 13 points. And wait, I'm squinting my eyes for a bit. Is that seven rebounds for the guard and Emmanuel quickly? Wait a minute, did he play center today? Does he have two blocks as well? Put some respect on that man's name. Josh Hart, the reincarnation of John Starks, chips in once again with 15 points and five rebounds. And last but not least, the Bodmar. Not RJ today, not Rowan today. The Bodmon RJ Barrett gives you 25 points, seven assists, and four rebounds, putting together another game. The Knicks did this on the back-to-back. -back. You would have think that the Pelicans played yesterday, but no, the Knicks played yesterday and today and lived Gave the smackdown to the Pelicans today. Had a season high 19 threes. Second highest first quarter scoring points, 42 points in the first quarter. And the Knicks win on the 50th anniversary of the Knicks 73 championship team. Woo! Feels good today. The energy in the guarding was electric. Is feeling good. Knicks Nation is feeling good. We all feeling good. We building blocks today. The team is getting better, and you would love to see it. And you know what else? You would like to see it on FUBU TV. All right. If you want to watch the Knicks on on MSG for free for seven days, go to FUBUTV.com/slash KOT and you can watch the Knicks for free for seven days. And you can decide to keep it. And, and you know, not you can cancel the subscription whenever you want. And you can decide to keep it. You can you can record. You can watch other other cable channels. But shout out to Fubu TV. You can go there. Go to fubutv.com slash kot to watch the Knicks for free. All right. Now, let me introduce you to my guys right after you hit that like and subscribe. First and foremost, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. Five straight. We outside. We outside. Half the game behind the nets. And like JLS said, the Bodmon is back. The Bodmon is back. <laughs> I got us screens real quick. I got us. Hold on. Hold on before I introduce the Latin SS. All right. Fingers is up. You're telling me how to shut up. All right. <laughs> Next, you already know what we have the Latin Assassin. 
okay? Mr. ESPN contributor, toasting and posting and toasting contributor, Deadspin contributor, SNY contributor, the man, Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee? Man, this is my favorite game of the season. I was too uh, immature and egotistical to be watching that 99's final team. That's my fault for not being aware of what was happening during that moment my pops. This is my favorite team of my fandom, this Knits team that we have right now. Uh, this is my favorite season, and there's no time for miserable Tates tonight. No time for trade Randall, no time for trade RJ, no time for fire Tibbs, no time for fire Leon, no miserable Tates on this <laughs> podcast tonight, man. It's all positivity, all joy. This team's got me feeling great to be a Knits fan. And finally, for the first time in my fandom, 23 years now, it's not an embarrassment to be a Nets fan. Like we are legitimately not just good today, but we're set up to be good tomorrow and next year and next five years. And that's a great thing to celebrate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that 99, I see you, Fritz. That 99 team was one of my favorite teams. That's when I became the uh the Alla Houston fan personally. But man, this is this is a great win. This is one of those wins that it's like it solidifies the feeling that the Knicks are actually a good team. When you start to look at all the teams that's supposed to be in our tier, where, you know, they are around our, our win level and you go, ooh, maybe we should win that. We can now start to look at those teams as, as food right now because at this point of the season, I feel like we've built our identity. Everybody knows their role. The bench is solidified with Josh Hart. Randall is more comfortable. RJ is more comfortable. Brunson is not even scoring, and we're still starting to 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 lay the smack down on the team. And f- for me, when the fire tip stuff was happening, this is what kind of envisioned. I wanted the consistent the consistency to build a foundation to get to this point. This is why I didn't want him moved in the first place in the midst of the season because we lost to, you know, championship Bucks teams or we lost because we were shorthanded. I wanted to kind of build a foundation, start to build um, um, a routine. Everybody get familiar with their roles. And now I feel like we're in a place where foundation is being built and we can go up from here from this season to next season. So I'm really happy with where we are as a team. We're gradually getting better. And I also kind of feel like Tom Thibodeau is kind of tightening the screws now. Cause things like um, you know, def- where defensive rotations playing drop coverage too much is starting to get tied up. Things like um too much ISO scoring in certain places is starting to get tight- tightened up. I think this is the part of the season where we're starting to lock in. The coaching staff are saying, hey, tighten this up. RJ starting to pass more. Brunson, tighten this up. Brunson is starting to find his teammates more. I think we're starting to build on our success, and I think we're going to end the season strong because of it. Can I speak on that? Sure. You and I were going back and forth on – on, on my fire tips takes and you weren't the only one i had a, a couple people text me today about do you still want to fire tibs uh hit, hit me in the dms about me being at the forefront of firing tibs uh when i said that those games i stand by it i felt it because we were losing in the fourth quarter we were having four quarter collapses mentally and in terms of execution 
And I think it warranted a conversation around the head coach needing to be removed. Those things have been cleaned up. You said it, you said it perfectly. Right. At this point right now, I'm no longer for firing Tom Thibodeau in the middle of a season. How we perform in the playoffs upcoming would determine whether he should be fired over the summer. I actually think we're going to get out of the first round. I think our team is too good, no matter what Tom Thibodeau is capable of or not capable of in terms of adjustments, of beating Cleveland or any team below it in the first round matchup in the playoffs. I think we end up in the fourth or fifth seed, probably play Cleveland, probably play Brooklyn, and we're going to smack them. That second round, that's where I want to see what kind of level of competition and how do we go seven, do we get swept? That's where it's going to determine my feelings moving forward on where he did assume that's level. But right now, he's turned the corner, too. In the same way that I had nothing bad to say about Julius Randle at this moment, also have nothing bad to say about Tom Thibodeau. He coached a great game tonight. I'm glad that he's our coach in this very moment. Right. And I'm going to push back on that because I have no problems calling out a coach for doing something bad or tweaking it. But my thing is, when we're in the middle of a winning season, you know, you have it's 82 game season. You're going to have highs and lows. So if if the coach is making bad decisions, which he was right, if the coach is making sad decisions and you look up and we still have a winning season. I think it's premature to go that route. You got to let things play out a little bit in my mind, especially considering what we're trying to do and bringing, you know, another all star here. We have to build that foundation first and i feel like it was premature even though some things were warranted i felt like it was premature to go that route after losing to a championship bucks team or fourth quarter collapses young teams learn to win the last thing they that usually clicks is the fourth quarter uh the fourth quarter execution on top of that there is a little bit of talent stuff that has to be cleaned up as well josh hart is going to help a lot of that doing a lot of the intangibles in the fourth quarter. So that's why I still feel like even with the shortcomings, it was too, it was too premature to have that fire tapes conversation. The conversation I feel like should have been had was more, we need to clean this up and he needs to learn. That's personally how I see it. Now, when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to the playoffs, um, I still feel like it depends on the matchups. Um, if we end up with the Nets in the first round, because I feel like we can overtake them, I definitely think that's that's a dub. We we got that win. The Cavs, I feel even more confident we can take on the Cavs right now because we we gave the Cavs problems in the regular season. The the seventy sixers to me, um, I'm not sure where that's going to end up at. I, I'm not 100% sure on the 76ers yet. The Celtics are still a beast to me, even though we, we, we've getting some wins. I still, have pro- I still have asterisks with that. But moving forward, though, I still feel very confident in our team. I think we're going we're gonna to make some noise in the play. I think we're going to be at least competitive in the playoff. I, I, and I, I'm hoping that the lightness that Julius Randle is playing with right now carries on in the playoffs because I do feel like he was kind of tight when we played the Atlanta Hawks. But if he's playing with that same confidence that he's playing with in the regular season where he's feeling confident launching those threes in the first quarter or knowing his mismatches, leaning in on Brunson, I think we'll be fine. 
I strongly disagree with it being premature because we weren't actually having a winning season. We were going one game over 500 to one game under. It's not like we were 10 or 12 games over 500 consistently for the throughout the first two quarters of a season. It was it, it was like every day it changed. And it was a losing of, season, though. Right, but it was one game over 500, one game under. It, it wasn't to the point to where it was like, oh, man, we got to retain this coach because the future super bright with 20 games over 500 would never two seed. I mean, we were out of the playoffs at one point back in the play-in. One so game. I think the conversation was valid. I think the conversation was valid. But, again, I'm not here getting to a miserable back and forth on firing mm-hmm. tips after our fifth game in a row. We didn't have that conversation, but that's a loss. Okay. Or a week from now, but right now I'm relishing in the good vibes. And I think Josh Hart has had a lot to do, as you pointed out, yeah. in those things being cleaned up. I think, I mean, Tibbs deserves his flowers. I've tried very hard the last couple of games that have been on here in the podcast to give him his flowers. But I think Hart has helped clean up a lot of his miscues and defensive assignments just because he has a very high IQ and he's willing, maybe more than anyone besides Mitch, to do the dirty work. And now we have two guys in, in the, the finishing five. They're willing to do that. And you don't win games when you have two guys who are willing to give it all. You, you know what's funny, Lee? I'm sorry. I haven't even let Ryan talk yet. Ryan, <laughs> this, this, this comes to question when it comes to wins sometimes. It's sometimes I always put things in a couple of categories, right? There's coaching and there's talent. How much talent do you have in a team? Is the coach maximizing the talent that is on the team? And also, if we're missing certain pieces that's going to take you over the hump can you then can you then penalize the coach for not having those pieces so um not to i don't want to harp on you know the cam thing but josh hart is a piece that we did not have before he was here so to me it's hard to say oh man he cleaned up his uh coach's mistakes because we didn't have another veteran long wing who can do the things josh hart could so to me that's a personnel thing and not a coach thing personally the coach thing to me is fourth quarter execution what plays to run who to put in we had our best defenders in the game before he came here that was miles mcbride at the time even though he was underside some side some might say cam reddish but uh that's a whole other debate (laughs) people can say you know he didn't i say anyway he wasn't really good in getting into certain rotations and that's why personally that's probably why tibbs defense rotations i mean and that's probably why tibbs didn't use them as much as mcbride did but that's a whole little conversation um i'm sorry to go off on a tangent i don't know if you have anything to say and ryan it looks like he wants to say something because ryan's been quiet Yeah, well, I mean, since y'all just wanted just to make this a whole Thibs conversation, I did want to ask something about Thibs because I feel like this is what some people forget about Thibs because usually when people talk about development, when it comes to Thibs, people are always pointing out the young players like IQ, Mitch, RJ Grimes, etc. But I think what people leave out a lot of times is that Thibs has also developed Julius Randle and he's also developing Jalen Brunson this season, because if you look at it, when Jalen, when Julius Randle came to the Knicks that summer, I think back in like 2019, 2020, whichever, whichever year he came, mm-hmm. Julius Randle was not an all-star player. Fourth he was a option. good player. Yep. <laughs> he was a good 
player, but he wasn't an all-star player. During his time with the Knicks, he pretty much developed into an all-star player, a double-double machine who's giving you 25 and basically 10, 11 a night. And now you have Jalen Brunson coming in now. We know Jalen Brunson was nice with his time in Dallas. You know, he, he's, he, you know he, he played well, but the Jalen Brunson we're seeing with the Knicks today, we didn't know this guy was like this when he came to the Knicks. And, and, and like when I watch this Knicks team now, and I'm not really a person with hot takes. I leave all the hot takes to leave because, you know, <laughs> leave the one that will just put stuff out there and be like, you know, this is going to happen. That's going to happen and predicting stuff. But when I watch this Knicks team now, and I'm just seeing what's happening before my eyes, and I don't really want to jump and say, but the way that they, the way that they've developed Julius Randle, the way they've developed Jalen Brunson, basically those are two all-star players right there on the squad at the moment, and those are two go-to guys where, when you, where if you need a basket, they can get you a basket. The team has the right mentality at the moment. Defense first. They play with a whole lot of energy on both sides of the ball. They're very, like, the mentality is there. And then you look, they have the bench players as well. Guys can bring off the bench that, you know, when you put them in the game, immediate immediate impact, IQ, heart, et cetera. And before now, I always used to think that the Knicks are probably, like, two, three moves away from becoming a championship team. But I'm going to put it out there. The way I've been seeing the Knicks playing lately and the way I've seen Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson develop under – Dibs right at right now at the moment, I would say the Knicks are probably one special talent away. Yeah. If, they, if they get a wing, an elite wing, two way play, yeah, I, I would start. I would start saying. I would start saying championship. Facts. I would, yeah, I, I agree. Me too. I and agree. I agree hundred percent. Almost every article I've written about Dibs has been critical. I always say he is an underrated developer. Has been from his days back in Chicago Bulls. He takes guys and he reaches maximum potential from them. You can see that Anderson Brunson, Randall, quickly, Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes, McBride, Sims, Hartenstein. He's gotten maximum potential out of all of these guys. Our entire rotation, with the exception of maybe Obi Toppin and RJ Barrett, everyone's been, been maximized. And I'll go further, Ryan. I think we can go to the East Conference Finals this year. I think we can make a run. Take McGee. I think we have the talent. We 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 had a discussion in your back pocket, bro. I swear. Listen, listen. We we had this discussion a month ago, and I said there was only one team in the playoffs I feared. That's the Milwaukee Bucks. We're not beat to build them. We would get smacked by the Bucks, even if we had Phil Jackson, Red All back as our coach. It wouldn't matter. But the Bucks is the way they're built. We can't contain them. Too many long stretch, powerful wings. Not just counting Giannis. But anyone else, we can take Boston in seven games. We can take Philly in seven games, and we beat handily any other team in the playoffs. Miami, Toronto, Cleveland, anybody. Brooklyn will smack them. We, we, this could be a 9-9 team. Maybe not the finals. East Thomas finals, book it. I love Man. this team. Whoa. <laughs> Yo, Lee, man. Woo. I'm not there with you yet, bro. I'm not That's there fine. with you yet. I'm That's fine. This year uh-huh. to be – listen. I love the 76ers. For me, what the 76ers is all about help. And when are you going to get into the game yet? The, 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 the comments and the conversation is getting a little bit spicy and everywhere. We ain't even talk about the game yet. I still want to talk about the game. But yeah. <laughs> the, the 76ers and Embiid, I don't know what's happening with Embiid and his health. 
but there is nobody on my team to really our team to really match with Embiid to me. So that's the thing that I'm worried about with Embiid. The Celtics, I'm still worried about the Celtics because of their versatility on sure. going big, small, stretch fives, all that. Um, everybody else, the Bucks, those are the only three teams I really fear um, in the East. I feel like every other team, especially since the Nets have, have left town, I think we have a sh- we can beat every every team. Pretty much, for sure, uh, in my mind. We got super chats to, to, to contend with too, uh, but I hope you feel in the conversation. If you like the conversation for so far, the like and subscribe button is right there. Do that, please. Do that, please. All right, it's gonna help the algorithms, algorithm, and push us to the top. We talk basketball. We talk our opinions. It's not always popular. Sometimes I'll be on my island by myself. Sometimes leave me on the island by himself. But sure. we talk ball and <laughs> we do it the best way we can with trash talking, analytics, and everything in between. So shout out to you guys who, who love the KT show and are feeling this winning streak in the debates going on right now. I know if I cut you a guy's train of thought off if you want to get something off. Well, I mean, we can pretty much get into the game, honestly. Okay. Wait. We can do that. Wait, Ryan. How far can the Knicks go in the playoffs? Tell me right now. I got know. Right now, I'm thinking second round. Right now, I'm not. I'm yeah. not Eastern Conference Finals yet. I think second round. Jaylis. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying second round too. I'm not. I'm I not think if, if we don't meet the butts until the conference finals, we're going to make the conference finals. That's my opinion. If we meet the butts in the first round, we're out. Second round, we're out. But if we can get past, avoid the butts, we're going. We're going to go up until we end up matching up with them. That's my. That's my opinion. So you, so you think the Knicks can beat? Either the Sixers or the Celtics? The Sixers I had more confidence in because of James Harden's playoff history, the history of him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's been a dud. Mm-hmm. And it's really a, it's a two-man show between Maxi and Embiid. They're, they're picking a role. Both Harden and Embiid and Embiid and Maxi have been elite in the PNR this season. They're really hard to stop, but their supporting cast is weak and old, and we had the bids to match up with Embiid. You throw iHeart, Sims, and Mitch on them, I mean – that's a lot of fouls. That's a lot of defense. I think we have a chance. Boston's very tough. Boston is very tough. That's a seven-game series that it just depends on how RJ shows up. He's the X factor to be to beat Boston. I think he's sleeping on Embiid a little bit, man. <laughs> so, oh, Embiid, Embiid's my MVP. Yeah, he's yeah. top three in NBA. Yeah. But that team is mostly Embiid, where Boston's more spread out and even with depth and, and better coaching. I'm not a Doc Rivers believer at all. Yeah, my thing is yeah. if it gets if it ever gets close. The way MB draws fouls and can yeah. be inside out. I mean, I love Mitch is our I we you know what Money we didn't Mitch. have Mitch the last time versus Embiid. Mitch plays in the best um on a team, in my opinion. But if the refs get f- a whistle happy, because and that tends to happen with Embiid, who's the top of the leagues in in drawing fouls, um, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in massive trouble. <laughs> Cause yeah, then we I have agree. to then lean on Hartenstein. Who's a hackathon and Sims who gets cooked? So uh, I think Tom Thibodeau can outcoach Doc Rivers in a playoff series. I said it. I think he can. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I mean, I mean I, I, you know what? I'm not even gonna hit the gunshots. I can see that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I can see that. So, like the only thing that worries me, like JL said, the only thing that worries me about the Sixers is Embiid. Embiid's gonna be a problem matchup, but yeah. as for Harden and Maxi. I think the Knicks. I think the Knicks can shut down both of them. Amen, Honestly. brother. Yeah, Amen. But but it's Embiid is the it's issue. It's Embiid. Like, I, that's yeah. the issue. 
Yeah, the the Knicks have a shot to shut down Harden and Maxi for sure. And B though, yeah. uh, and Maxi can Maxi. I don't know, man. He can he he can go either way, man. He can go either way. I, I'm I'm more confident in shutting out Harden than Maxi uh, for for a whole series. To be honest with you, um, here's my last comment. Okay, there's not a single head coach in the Eastern Conference that's in the playoffs that I'm worried about. But I'm not the biggest Tibbs fan. But I think Tibbs can go toe to toe with any coach in the playoffs right now in the East Conference, including Bud, including Doc, including Missoula, any of them. There's not an elite coach in the East like there is the West. The West yeah. has a handful of uh, Ty Lue, Mike Malone, uh, Tate. Tate now you're right. You're right. I can see that. I can definitely see that for sure. Salute to the chat. Let's get to these super chats real quick, man. Let's get to these super chats real quick. We got a couple of super chats. First and foremost, we got a 199 super chat from John Baines. It says Randall underrated in the league career year. We're going to talk about Randall. Trust me. We're going to talk about Randall specifically today. Um, So stay tuned for that conversation. Shout out to Tony Banks who gives a $15 super chat. Shout out to you. Big spender. I says this is developing into a championship team. There is no yeah. dominant team in the league. And I agree with you. I agree. Um, with you. I agree with you. Yeah. This is this is why when people were like, oh, this is a mid-team. Oh, these wins don't mean, mean anything. I didn't agree with any of that. Cause like I said before, foundation building. You have to walk before you crawl. You have to develop habits. You have to learn to win post game, close games. You have to learn your role. We have a lot of young guys, seven, eight young guys who are still on their rookie contract or just started of their second contract. Those guys have to develop. Those guys have the, the, the opportunity to develop during this season. So we're not done. Roles aren't done. We're not done. There's still more room for growth with this team. And hopefully we're going to be hitting our peak really soon. Because I, I still feel like we're peaking a little bit. Um, Gamer Channel says Eric Spolter. Eric Spolter is a good coach, but he, the Heat are, aren't a championship team. If the Eric Spolter was coaching the Bucks, that would be a different situation. But he's not. He's, he's, he's coaching Jimmy Butler and... And uh, their watch point guard over there. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> they might not have the play in to be honest. Yeah, and yeah, Bam out of bottom. But yo, speaking of taking the next step and things we're missing in the elite wings, let's have this conversation about the Bob Mott himself, RJ Barrett. All right, that's my young boy. All right, I'm still holding out hope that RJ Barrett. And turn into something. I get the criticisms. I understand. I understand why people are down on RJ. But he flashes things like this um, every now and again. And this is his this is best game of the season for far for me. But when he flashes his passing ability with his shot making, and now this season, I mean, after the All-Star break, he's starting to play defense. He's starting to think, you know what? This can be something. Um, this can be something cool for me. What I really love today was a seven assist. I still want him to get a 10 assist game, but the seven assists to me was a big deal. I still feel like he, his passing is a little underrated because of his tunnel vision. And that's his own fault. 100%. That's his own fault. Not our fault. It's his own fault because he doesn't pass enough. But sometimes I feel like RJ really gets, sees passes that are a little bit higher level 
than some of the guys on our team when he actually looks to pass. Um, there was a pass that he threw to to um, Brunson at the three-point line where I didn't see it, but I'm like, oh, that's a nice pass. Um, and just the lobs to Mitch himself just opened up the game so much that uh, it, it just started it started the culture of passing for the team. And I think he started getting us off to a good start and shout out to the bottom. I played defense who shot threes well and who passed well. I need you to keep that up. Cause like we said earlier, we're an elite wing away. I would prefer if RJ develops into that. Um, but RJ, we need you bring this game to the, to the next game. Typically, he plays a lot better after All-Star break. Let's keep that going. All right. Facts, facts, facts. So, watching RJ Barrett's game tonight, right? <laughs> like, I feel like, like, you know, when you, you know, you listen to, like, reggae dancehall music and the Jamaican selector, you know, they're playing the tunes, right? And then he pull up the tune, and then, and then you hear him shout, Ron, you're no good again! <laughs> well, that's how I felt tonight. Because when, when, RJ Barrett plays the way he played tonight. These streets ain't good for none of these opposing teams, along yeah. with the way Julius Randle and, and Jalen Brunson plays. Because, look, when RJ Barrett can put in a performance he put in tonight, and then you add Julius Randle, who's been a beast lately, then you add Jalen Brunson, his usual good play, the Knicks become an extremely, extremely tough team to beat. Yeah. And RJ Barrett is going to be the X factor to how far this team can go because if he can put in consistent like this, yeah, the Knicks are going to be extremely hard to beat. Hundred percent. RJ is the missing link tonight. tonight. He really is. <laughs> his play tonight, you know, his three point shooting, he was like fifty percent from three. I think four of eight, four, oh, four of seven. So that's even better than fifty percent. Yeah. And like you said, his passing tonight was great. RJ Barrett, I think RJ Barrett when he when RJ Barrett's mind is in the game. And he actually tries to look for passes. I believe he is one of the better passes on the team. Mm-hmm. He is easily. Yeah. It's just that sometimes, you know, when he drives to the basket or when he gets to those one on one situations, sometimes he has that tunnel vision and he's just trying to force his way to the basket when sometimes he should, he should pass. But tonight, he made good decisions around the basket and he definitely made some great passes tonight. I, I do love the fact that he also, he also found Mitch, like, I think a couple of times yeah. under the basket. For, for easy dunks as well. And I do like the fact that they're incorporating Mitch more to the offense as well. Because I think even again tonight, they try to find Mitch early for, for a dunk. And I've, and, and I've said this many times, like just find Mitch early in the game because that's going to get him more engaged in the game. And then when Mitch is balling on defense, that makes the Knicks defense that much tougher to deal with. But yeah, RJ Barrett had a great game tonight. Tonight, you can officially tag the Badman Monica on him again, yes, but I'm sir. hoping that, but I'm hoping that this continues. You know, continue to give consistent performances. He does, he doesn't have to score 25 a night. Nobody's asked him to do that. But if he can give him a consistent like 15, 20 efficient points a night, that's all the Knicks need from him. Mm-hmm. And good. Pass the ball. Ryan's been, Ryan's been on a roll with the with the with the good takes on on RJ. I think he's chronicled his ups and downs better than any other podcast or article that I've seen in the last month. Uh, of his playing time. Brian done a really great job. I agree with everything. I think R.J. Barrett needed Mitch to be back because of the two-man game. When Mitch isn't in the game, he helps R.J. in spacing. Mm-hmm. Their P&R together when they're both rolling to the basket to find him for lobs is the best two-man game 
but outside of Randall, outside of Randall and yep. Brunson, obviously, second best two man game on the team, and they help each other bring the best out offensively. Mitch makes RJ a threat from the perimeter, and RJ makes makes Mitch a threat from the lob. So, I mean, to have them both healthy and thriving right now, it adds a whole new dimension to our team. I agree, hundred percent, Ryan. He's the X factor on how far we did get into the playoffs. I've said it before. I've lowered my expectation on him being a, an All Star or whatever a third pitch should be. But I agree, a fifteen to twenty point per game efficiently that's a key word efficiently those shooting splits need to be around 48 you know 38 and 78 somewhere around there plus or minus two or three and then we got a solid uh uh, bid three right there because randall is approaching another hot take approaching superstar status bro (laughs) He's bowling right now. Dallas, stand up. Let's go. RJ Barrett can be that X Factor man. Eastern Conference Finals bucket. Let's go. Oh my God. Let's go. I'm not going front, though, because because it's it's because of Julius Randle's play and Jalen Brunson's play. That's the reason why I'm like I think the Knicks are just one piece away. They get that. They get that. Ah, win. Yeah. You can you can start you can start thinking championship. Honestly, yep, for the sure. way Julian Brown and Jalen Brunson is playing right now. I got Ryan on my side. Let's go. Listen, <laughs> listen. That's been our conversation. Literally, you know, that's kind of been our our conversation for a month and a half. We've been kind. Con- we've been saying that we're an elite wing away for about a month and a half. So this isn't like an actually new conversation. This is just even more excitement because now we're seeing it on a win streak on an eight game over 500 and with Josh Hart backing this up, being a missing piece. So like this other hole being filled in was making that one thing stand out even more for me anyway. So I com- completely agree with you guys. RJ Farrett is really the X factor. Yeah. Um, Mitchell Robinson, though, I want I want to talk about Mitchell Robinson for a second. We, we, we mentioned the pick and roll, the two man game between Mitchell Robinson, and RJ Barrett. And we also talked about the need for a stretch big because the stretch big um, opens up the floor, and creates open threes. But this game kind of. Uh, 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 it kind of shows you other ways that we can create open threes. The fact that RJ Barrett looked for Mitchell Robinson earlier got Julius Randle open threes, got other people open threes. Because what what you're seeing right now, and shout out to like all the um, all, all all of the guys I've talked to over the years who helped me with the term, learn moon terminology, vertical floor spacing, right? Vertical split. When you have a lob threat like Mitch, who is long and can dive to the rim, a lot of times what happens is you'll have a guy who who's guarding a three point line on the weak side have to tag the roller and to keep Mitch from catching the lob. So RJ Bad when he first goes to the hole and gives that lob to Mitch or Jalen Brunson doing the same thing, it kind of puts the antennas up for the Pelicans going. We can't allow that to happen again. Once that started to happen, you started to notice those guys supposed to be guarding a three-point line and not helping off. Now you have Randall hitting threes. 
now you have other guys hitting threes. So we can produce threes without having to stretch big here. And Mitchell Robinson's presence um, definitely helps us defensively. But offensively, he was really helping us today because he was such a lob threat. And I, I, I just wanted to really point that out. And on top of that, Mitch versus Valanciunas. This is one of those games I would really be worried about if Mitch wasn't back. Because Valanciunas is such a big body, yeah. um, and he listen. Valanciunas had he he did a little bit of damage, but I feel like he would done a lot more damage if Mitch wasn't there, for sure. And just the fact that since Mitch is back, you've seen opposing teams miss a lot of layups. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that recently. How many guys have missed at the rim? I feel like the, just the culture of Mitch being here has helped us challenge a lot more shots at the rim with Mitch, with IQ, with Josh Hart. I feel like Mitch is starting to complete our home team defensive dynamic and helping us offensively at the same damn time. Uh, I don't know what you guys have to say about that. I mean, you pretty much said it all right there, JL. It's like, since he's been back, it seems like he hasn't missed a beat. It seems like Mitch has been playing this whole time and he hasn't missed 22 games this season because he, he just he just gets inserted into the lineup after a long timeout and he's playing like as if he's been here. It's just it's just been a seamless fit and it just and Mitch is just showing that defensively, you know, he's he's made an impact. Offensively, he's making an impact. And we've always said that Mitch is, you know, it may not show in the stats all the time with Mitch, but if you watch games, like Mitch does have a major impact on this team when he's in the middle as opposed to Hardenstein or Sims in the middle. So, you know, Mitch is just, Mitch is just doing what he's doing. You know, he's making an impact on both sides of the ball and you, and you have to give him his props. Yeah, you, you forgot a name when you were listening on defensively, Isaiah Hardenstein. Yes. The silver lining of Mitch being out for that period is that, man, he found his balls. Two men <laughs> up. An another game, double-digit rebounds off the bench in limited time. I mean, he only played uh, 19 minutes and grabbed 10 boards. Yeah. And Isaiah Tom Isaiah Hartenstein is becoming – I almost said Isaiah Thomas. Oh, my God. Isaiah <laughs> Hartenstein is becoming <laughs> one of the best backup bids in the lead, which is – I can't believe I'm saying that three months after his his uh, initial debut with the team where we were just cracking jokes on continuously. Yeah. Last year with the Clippers, when I was scouting him, he was one of the best at-the-rim defenders at altering or blocking shots in the league. When Mitch was out – he rose up into the top five. He actually had better statistical numbers blocking and altering shots at the basket than Mitch did while, granted, while Mitch was out, but up until that point in the season. And now we got two of those guys. Yeah. Main in the middle, which is why I'm not afraid of Joel Embiid. Not saying he's not an MVP. He's not a badass, but we had the bodies to put on him and slow him down. Oof. I'm still pausing on that, man. Joel Embiid versus Hardstyle. I don't know, man. <laughs> he, he he found out last time he played Joel. Even though that was, it was a good game, it was a good game. That was probably a, a nice spirited game. But I I agree with you. Hartenstein has listen. Sometimes you find out what your team is made of when somebody goes down. That's when usually yep. the cream starts to rise to the top. It happens all the time in the NBA. Somebody gets injured. Somebody starts to rise up. It happened with Darius Garland with Colin Sexton. It's 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 happened. It's, it's happened. It happened for IQ on his own team, and it's happened for Hartenstein as well. Definitely a blessing in the sky having Mitch out for that long. Hartenstein um, rising to the top, and now having forty-eight minutes of 
good center plays helps for for sure. Shout out to Hardenstein, whose offensive rebounding has been outstanding, and yeah. he's going to help us for sure, for sure. All right, all right. Salute to the chat. I see we got my real fake cousin, Winston Ellis, Fritz Alessandor, John Baines in here, Gamer Channel, Mike Uno, Lee's Pops, I see you. Everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. If you like the show so far, hit that like button and subscribe button. We are here after every game talking that Knicks talk, that Knicks basketball for your head taps. I salute you guys for, for rocking with us and, and enjoy us. Enjoy the debates. Enjoy the conversation. And also, if you want to, you can call in. You can call in if you too and say, you know what? I agree with you guys. Or you know what? You all completely stupid. I don't agree with anything <laughs> you had to say. What are you doing <laughs> being on YouTube? How dare you shut down your channel? If you want to say that, call in. Tell us. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at this point, like, you know, we have three great minds of this show. So if someone is calling us stupid, like. I think we're the stupid one because you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can still say it. You know, you can still say it. I mean, look, listen. I'm not gonna say. We're not gonna say anything back. But you can, you know, you can see. <laughs> 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 but, but uh, let, let's get to it. First caller up, we got JT. JT, let us know, man, what you want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Dylan, man, I just got back from the game of voice of course. I was screaming the whole game. But you know what? I got to say, this game was one of the games that's like, you just felt calm. The whole thing was good energy. You didn't feel scared at all about the lead going away or nothing like that. Shout out to Julius Randle. Just, he looked real composed. Like, it was, and it was a good game. Mitch, definitely, like we, like I heard Ryan was saying, definitely a presence on the defense. I'm outside, literally, salute the pick to Timmy. So, you know, just, just have to call in real quick. I'm going to make it a quick call because, you know, it's a lot of noise outside, so I want to make sure that I don't get too distorted. But salute <laughs> to y'all. Salute to everybody. We got a good W. Let's keep the momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to my guys. Oh, yeah, the energy. I can, you can feel the energy from the garden for sure. For sure. Oh, uh, man. Yo, this still a lot. So I still want to talk about a lot. Can we talk about Julius Randle for a second? Yes. Man? Yes. Uh, top 10 in MTV MVP voting having his best season of his career even though he shot 40% from three in his COVID year I don't know I still kind of feel like I like this season a little bit better Um, he I keep saying this is the best season of the year because it's a two way ball did you see the way this man was was locking up Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram played like doo doo today. He couldn't get anything off. Uh, and and Randall has been doing that for most of the season. On top of the confidence from shooting from three, on on, on top of the the diving to the basket, on top of the uh, on, on on top of the demeanor, keep holding other players accountable, but also lifting other players up. He's having a, a all-star season. He's definitely coming to, to this all-star break being locked in. And once again, got to give credit to the coaches. Got to give credit to the coaches. I was reading um, an article from Fred Katz, and they talked about how Johnny Bryant 
went to him and talked to him about his attitude and his shot profile in particular. The whole coaching staff, mind you, has encouraged Julius Randle to take more threes than he ever has his entire career. Now, if you're looking up, he's shooting eight three-pointers per game, career high. And I know in the beginning of the season, we talk about, whoa, we should have been, he, he should be taking a little bit less threes. But we were saying it, and the coaching staff was saying the opposite, and got to give credit to the coaching staff. Um, A lot of the reasons why Jalen Brunson has more room to operate in that sh- that mid-range area. Um, a lot of reasons why we're successful right now is because the coaches gave Julius Randle the confidence to take those threes, get out of his own mind. Because if you remember before, he was shooting when he's supposed to be passing and passing when he's supposed to be shooting last season. Telling him it's okay to shoot has encouraged him to actually shoot the open shots and not overthink it. And I think... Even though we didn't want him taking as many threes, it's actually helped our team. And we were wrong. <laughs> we were just flat out wrong for saying don't shoot as many. Let him fly. He's around 35% from three this season. It's helped with our success and is giving the mental space to actually play the game this year. Uh, what do you guys have to say about that? Lee could go first. Man, Julius Randle. Uh, there hasn't been a, a player, I don't think polarizing is the right word, a player that has like affected Nick fans' emotions as intensely in a real long time. I think he, he's done even more than Carmelo, maybe since Patrick Ewing, where someone like everyone really wants to, to root for him and believe in him. But there's just like, there's things, it's not necessarily like how he plays or a missed opportunity or like blowing a game. It's more about his overall energy and interaction with the fan base and how he represents New York that gives people a bad taste in their mouth at certain moments of his career here with the Knicks. All that's changed this year. And as someone who's from the same city as Randall, he's from the North and from the South, I couldn't be more proud to be from the uh, Dallas, Texas, where that he's repping um, and actually root for him this time. I'm glad that I wrote that apology to him when I did. I think it was deserving. And I feel like he's really turned a corner. There's not going to be an you know, odd or odd uh, season Randall or even season Randall. I think those things are behind him yeah. because he's finally admitting and having humility in his approach to the game and actually saying to the stands, to the fans on national me- media, to uh, and he's being uh, interviewed. It's my mental. Like he said that it's not all the game, or like my back hurts or that I got personal issues. He is saying it's my mental state. And as someone who suffered from anxiety and depression and anger and rage, I get it. Yeah. Sometimes you need help. And sometimes you need somebody to come down like Johnny Bryant and have a talk with you and make you man up to your decisions and your actions. And he's done that. And for that, he's won my love forever, man. I'm Even if he, whatever happens to him, I'm going to be his number one supporter. You know, see some Randall propaganda coming out of my mouth from this point on because <laughs> I can relate to him so hard. The empathy line for me to him. Is so strong because I get it. I know what it's like to be fucking down the dumps, to be depressed, to be angry, to Absolutely. go to your job, your nine to five, and hate that nine to five and hate yourself and hate everybody around you. Absolutely. I've been there and I understand it. And he's a man playing a job. This is his job. And he's he's actually approached this season with humility and transparency. 
So, man, he's got me feeling like Chris Webber 2004, man, 2003. This starts playing like C-Web. He passes, he rebounds, he scores, he's a leader. I thought the Sacramento Kings were a contender. I think all three of us did when they were playing the Lakers. They were a legit championship team, and Chris Webber was their best player. So if he's Webber, there are some guys that are superstars their whole career. Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. There are other, other guys who are superstars for periods. Mary Stoudemire, Chris Bosh. Uh, Rasheed Wallace, I think right now we're watching his ascension into a period of superstar play for his career. It might not happen next year again. He might not be at two years from now, but right now, I think Julius Randle is an upper echelon of basketball players, and I'm unbelievably happy to be here witnessing it with a Nets jersey on my back. Well said. Yeah, and I think what I'm going to add is I think it was after the previous game against the Wizards, they asked Thibs a question and you have to give Thibs credit for this because I think he's simple. I think he simplified the game for Julius Randle because what he basically told Julius Randle was if he shoots the three, that's going to open up the game for him because he's capable of driving to the basket and then when he drives to the basket, just makes simple rim reads. If you have an angle to get to the basket, you go to the basket. If that angle is cut off, then you pass the ball. And I feel like Julius Randle took that advice and he simplified the game for himself. And I think that's what's contributing yeah. to him playing so well this season because now he's not overthinking the game. If the three is there, he takes it. Yep. If he drives to the basket and he got an angle to the basket, he drives all the way to the basket. If he drives to the basket and you see, and you see him get cut off, he's looking for the pass. And the game is just simplified for him at the moment. You, you, rarely, even see Jay, you, you rarely even see Julius Randle take mid-range jumpers nowadays. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, like the mid-range jump is kind of getting outdated nowadays anyway. It's not really a high percentage shot as opposed to like a shot at the back. Kevin Durant would say no. I'm just playing. Okay, good. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm just basically on analytics, like you know what they say, like, you know, a shot at the basket is clearly a high percentage shot and or and the three-point shot, you know, if you can shoot that at an efficient level, you know, three is more than two. Right. Know? But yeah, but I think the game is just simplified for Julius Randle and it's just showing on the court, like he's playing more free. You know, he's not overthinking the game at the moment. And the way he's shooting the ball at the moment, the, the way he's shooting the three-point shot, the way he's looking for his teammates, you know, when he gets doubled, when he's trying to go to the basket, like. And then on top of that, the defense as well. You know, the way he takes guys one-on-one and he and he's actually committed to the defensive side of the ball as well. So it's not even just offense he's providing. He's providing that same effort on the defense as well. That's why Lee said Julius Randle is transforming into a superstar player because that's what superstar players do. Right. They dominate on offense and then on defense, they put their foot down. Yeah. And be like, you know what? You can't stop me on offense and on defense, I'm going to shut you down as well. And that's the attitude he has on the court at the moment. And yeah. Julius Randle, like, he's playing phenomenal right now. And that's why he's number seven in the M- in, on the MVP list right now, according to NBA.com. Yeah. Yeah. All, all good points. All good points. It's funny. Um, it's funny enough. He's actually shooting elite from the mid-range this season. I know he's taking a lot of threes, the most threes of his career. Short mid-range, he's in the 81st percentile for his position. Um Law mid-range, 67th percentile, which is pretty good. So, And at the rim, he's actually he's doing pretty good at the rim. Not a league, but like a league average. But the, 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 
the attempts from three definitely changed this game. Now, this this there's a conversation happening. I don't even know if are these people. I don't know if this conversation is even still happening anymore. Moving Randall, I feel like that conversation has completely died down. Um, I don't know if any anybody even believes that anymore. But I kind of felt like when that conversation was happening, people were afraid that he would revert. And Lee talked about being in a dark place before being, you know, but down on yourself and not knowing what to do and kind of getting out of that and changing your mental. I kind of feel like I sometimes I just wonder what have people been through personally? <laughs> like, has anybody ever been at one point in their life and then grown from that one point to another? Because I'm 40 right now, right? That's happened for me. So when I say, when I see people going, you know, he can turn back. I'm like, man, are you the same person you were five years ago, 10 years ago? These, these guys are 20. <laughs> you know what I mean? What did you do in your 20s? That's you don't do it anymore. I go, man, that was stupid. Man, I shouldn't handle that situation that way. I, like, so when people go, they're afraid. I, I don't blame them for it, for being afraid. Cause maybe they haven't witnessed that or maybe they have trust issues and that's their own personal thing. But I feel like I recognize signs of people changing. And one of the first signs of people changing is personal accountability. Um, and when he started off the season, taking personal accountability, my guard started to go down a little bit. Cause to me, that's like the first the major hurdle over knowing if this is real or not. Um, so and on, so for me, when they talk about, when people talk about trading high on Randall and we don't know where it's going to revert. I think the fact that the, he's older and the mental has switched over, I'm buying it more. Same. And on top of that, the point guard situation has been solidified. We tried that before. We tried to bring Kemba Walker here, and it didn't work out. We he, Julius Randle was still the top playmaker on the team. Now that we have an actual playmaker here in Jalen Brunson, and he's not on his way out of the league. He's not thirty, you know, thirty-five. He's in his prime. It's sustainable. That gives me a lot more a lot more uh, uh, perspective on the situation for me thinking that this thing can carry on for a longer stretches of time where Randall has his support in Brunson mixed with his mental shift. So I, I buying the Randall uh, ascension long-term for this team. Well said. Yeah. Ah, Salute to the chat. I feel like we could talk about a lot of other stuff, but we talk so much already. I, I felt like maybe we should just end, end this show soon because we went to this is probably one of the deepest episodes breakdowns we've had in a while. And we had a few. Um, do you guys want to talk about them? We, we could, we could we, listen, we still talk about Josh Hart, who came in 
in the third quarter, in the third, fourth quarter, when we started to sputter and made winning plays once again, 15 points for Josh Hart. We you talk about Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> Who came in the game and is throwing alley-oops to Julius Randle and he's staying efficient, playing defense, hitting threes. This team is a complete team. There's something I wanted to bring up last game, and like something told me to hold back and wait. And I think this is the perfect opportunity because Ryan alluded to it earlier. Between, I want all three of us to answer this question because it's actually been brought up in the chat as well. Mm-hmm. What piece is the piece that we need to win a championship? Like, what level player is it? Zach Levine, Brandon Ingram. If, if you would have asked me last season, I would have set up a damn near like Kevin Durant. Now, I don't think it's that high. Like, what kind of player? What we need to get, and I, I don't want this to be a conversation about dumping RJ or trading RJ. Let, let's just have the assumption that we need to make a trade. What level player who would come in, and we would we would be able to be a contender? Because I don't think we're a contender yet. I know I said each time it's finals, we win the championship this season. I don't think there's we can't beat Denver Clippers, you know, the, the Suns. But who could we bring in, in y'all's opinion, that would make us a contender right now Ooh. or this summer? So is this like a realistic? Player yeah. or, or, or like just a player that you, you, you like, or just a player that we could just like compare to like if we get like this type of player like. I, I think that either or, but I'm not going to include Giannis in my conversations or Luka Doncic. Those are pipe dreams. A realistic guy, the guys that we've been connected to that have been mentioned in rumors and even being available. Those type of guys. It's for me. It's funny. I always say we're an elite wing away. And the reason I reason I really say that is because of this Jalen Brunson, right? Mentioned before, number two in clutch scoring in the NBA. But when you're looking at what wins championships, it's extremely difficult for an undersized point guard to who was good in the clutch to put you over the hump because. They can always throw size on you. It happened to Derrick Rose with the um the Bulls when he had his run. Um it, it ha- so it happens. It's that's the way it usually happens. So you're going to need uh size when they double Jalen Brunson or take him out of his game to really get to the next level. So I usually go elite wing who can pass which to me is like really hard to come by because I, I always think jack zach levine can score but the passing that isn't really all the way there right. and the decision making is always isn't all the way there so for me i keep going back to Embiid, even though he's not an elite wing i think the days when jalen brunson is taken out of his game Nobody can to me can stop Embiid one on one, and he can take you over the hump. Um, and then there'll be days where you know Jalen Brunson does have the advantage, much like that Utah, that Utah Dallas series. And what are you gonna do? You're not gonna be able to stop him. So I feel like if if we ever in a situation where we need to win a chip, and we can get to the get to the get to that last that winning time in the last five minutes and we have Embiid and Brunson 
to lean on to take us over the hump and as far as scoring, I think we'd be able to do it. James Harden's a free agent this summer. If he walks and goes back to Houston, like I've seen reporter, or goes anywhere else, depending on how Philadelphia does in the playoffs, and Embiid's there with just Maxi, there's a chance. There's a chance that he demands a trade, and I think that he's on Leon Rose's top three list as his former agent. Leon Rose represented him with CAA. He, I think that's definitely someone that he would go all in for, which means Mitch is gone and probably RJ maybe quickly too. I, I would trade anyone but Brunson and Randall to bring Embiid in. I'm 100% online with you. He's my MVP this year. Love to have Embiid. That being said, if we're talking about wings, what if I throw a few names out, the chat can chime in too, and you guys say whether that would make us win a championship or not. If we trade RJ and Pitts for Zach Levine, do we win the championship? I think I think Eastern Conference Finals, maybe NBA Finals. I, I I like Zach Levine, but I don't think I don't think it would take us over 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 the top though. But it would get us close. Agreed. Yeah. You yeah. Agree, it's trails? the playmaking and the decision making for that's keeping Zach to from being like yes, that's the final piece. The shot making from three would make. Make us, make us deadly. Um, yeah, but it's fun. I talked about Rosen. Jerry, Jerry and Grant before. Um, he's not that. He's not the. I'm going to you know play make. We, I, I, I that that we had that conversation before. We compared that would be like you know what we're going to be the modern Detroit Pistons, and like Jerry Grant would be. So it'll be like Mr. Big Shot. What's it? What were we saying before, right? Mr. Big Shot would be Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Mitch would be uh, Ben Wallace. Uh, Mitch Randall would be like what? Rasheed Wallace. Right. Randall would be Rasheed Wallace. Grant would be like, like Tayshawn Prince. <laughs> yeah, Grant would be suit up Tayshawn Prince. <laughs> Grimes would be Rip. And Grimes would be Rip. Yeah. And quickly be Lindsey Hunter. Right. Like, but to me, that's like a, it's not a guaranteed chip. Mm. Things will have to go right, but it'll be like, uh, I don't know. It is like one of those things where I, I taught myself into believing it, but I could also be <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. What and, about DeMar DeRozan? Again, I think close, but not, not over the top. Close. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, there is a name, there is a name that I do see mentioned in the chat, and and I do think that player would probably do it for us. Who? I like Jalen Brown. Yeah, Jalen Brown. I, I, I think Jalen Brown, Brown will actually Brown. do it. I Me think Jalen Brown would do it. Me too. I got one. What about Brandon Ingram? I was thinking about Brandon Ingram today, actually, because of the, too, the Pelicans. <laughs> the only. It's it's he has to be healthy. <laughs> he has to be healthy. I think Ingram would do it. I think Ingram, I think Ingram would do it as well. Ingram still has Ingram, that shot selection problem, though. Agreed. Huh? Ingram still has that shot selection problem. How old is Ingram now, yo? I would guess around Julius's age, right? Maybe one year younger. Ingram is like. Ingram kind of reminds me of of Shumpert in the fact right in when not 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 in skill level 
but in he's injured a lot. So sometimes I feel like because he's injured a lot, it messes up his ceiling for the season where he, he keeps breaking rhythm and he's not able to like get to that next level because he's not able to play a certain amount of games per season. Like well I feel like if Ingram actually was healthy year to year, I think he could actually be better than he is right now. Well, the thing with Ingram is that I just checked his age. He's 25. Yeah. He has he has room to grow. I think Ingram, I think Ingram would do it. Me too. I think I think I might be on board with that. I think I'm gonna what be about on board Bradley Beal. I like it. I think so. I think Bradley Beal might do it. What worries me about Bradley Beal, I've had this with their all-star break. I thought about all these names. I mean, he's going to be paid $50 million until he's 33. He's got four more years on his deal, and he's 29 now. Like, every year he's getting a little bit more injured, and his his skill set dips a little bit. Athleticism dips. First step dips. And defensively, he's already a a traffic cone. So I just – He's so on-ball dominant, too. I don't know if he would thrive next to Brunson. You need someone who can go a little bit off-ball and be a deep quarry and, and uh, actually like, run around the court. That's not really Bradley Beal. He's more stationary on a perimeter now, just waiting for that three-ball to, to, to let loose. I don't. Two years ago, yeah. yeah. I don't think Bradley Beal could do it anymore. I'm, I'm with you, million, I've been out on Beal for a few years now. $50 million a year is, man. Ridiculous. He did, it yeah. is. Yeah, that's, that's as much as Brunson and RJ combined. That's a lot. Yeah, for yeah, real. Brunson, the best I, sign I, in the Knicks history. Like, like, if a team wants to bring in Beal, like that championship would have to be won within like the first like couple of seasons. Like, you also can't, a great point. Like, you can't you can't wait until the latter part of his contract years. You got to win that. Great, eight great point. If you if you bring in a Bradley Beal, yeah, absolutely. Ooh, Paul George. I mean, I like Paul George. No. You don't think Paul George? Uh, because of when he would be available. He's not going to be available this summer. I think it's not until Kawhi's extension is uh, out. Okay. So you'll get another like two, maybe three seasons by that time. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I okay. That makes sense. That right makes sense. Now. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't really looking at it. I, I wasn't really looking at it like a realistic type move. I'm, <laughs> right yeah. Now. I'm like, Paul George would be perfect right for this now. team. <laughs> <laughs> right now, would Paul George be free agent today? Yeah, like, yeah, Paul George, that might be a move. <laughs> Paul George hits threes, play defense, and play me- Man, that's pretty Three much what we sure. need. Yeah. Someone in the chat just said Andrew Wiggins, Gamers Channel. What do y'all think about that one? No, like, mm-hmm. I think he's the conference finals. I don't think. Agreed. I don't yeah. think Wiggins would take the top. Man, we're on the same page. Yeah, on the defensively, same page. I like him, but he's still. He's like a couple of tears. Yeah. Jimmy Butler. No. I mean, Butler, a couple of years, years ago, ago, yes. Yeah. yeah. A few years also ago. Also agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also agree. Anthony Edwards. Yes. Yes. I would. Yes. Uh, yes. Hell yes. Yeah. 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 You know, Tibbs got to make him play defense. <laughs> I think he would. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's a bad defender, though. Like, he, the, the ability is there. The ability is there, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just the 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 motivation has to be there. Motivation definitely has to be there. 
If we could keep Brunson and Randall and add Anthony Edwards, I agree with Fritz. We'd be the best team in the NBA. That seems so expensive. (laughs) That would be unbelievable. I mean, listen, those guys aren't really the best at trading, okay? (laughs) That's. I mean, if you want to call somebody, if you're trying to fleece anybody, that might need a time to fleece. All right. We already seen that go bear experiment blow up in their face. They listen, we can we can shine up anybody and probably get Anthony Edwards. Who knows? Exactly. And keep the main core here as well. The majority of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's my final one. I thought about I'm including guys I think are gettable. LeBron James. Well, yeah, LeBron is LeBron. <laughs> LeBron is Lee. Yeah, listen, KOT show. We have a long history on the KOT show. There was a there was a spell where I was known as LeBron hater on a joke. Right? <laughs> not not personally. This is not personal hate. Great human being. Basketball hate. Because of the, there was a time when Enos Cantor was here and they were playing the water bottle challenge. Oh, yeah. And they were taunting us on the bench as the game was going along. Now, that was probably a shot of Phil Jackson and his tenure here. Probably had a lot to do with that. Um, But from then, I was like, man, LeBron disrespects the Knicks. Man, screw LeBron. I don't want him on the Knicks. So for me, mentally, it would be hard to make that switch to to be rooting for him on the Knicks because just because of the his. Even though I know he's a good person or whatever, but that's just me personally. That's just me personally. Too much Knicks hate history. I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we win it all the first year he's here. Yeah, me too. probably. If he's if he's healthy. Those are the names I thought of, you know, the Devin Bookers and the SGAs. I don't think those are realistic, but those are the guys I thought that could be had for the right price. And that I would assume are on Leon Rose's list of consideration. Um, we seem to agree on all of them, whether it's a yes or a no. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Man, great conversation. Man, there's so much to clip up. Woof. I'm, I'm, already, pre- I'm already predicting the clips from this show. Are gonna be like through the roof. Let's as go. Far, <laughs> as far as views, as far as views, really good conversation today, guys. Really good conversation. Um, salute to the chat. If you fill in the channel, if you're feeling the conversation, Nick's talk, hit that like button and subscribe button. We're here after every game talking Nick's basketball. Um, so please join us in in celebrating Nick's wins and arguing with Nick's losses. Okay. Um, but great show, guys. Any bro, any ooh picks or bro, uh, any bruh picks? If for those of you who don't know, bruh picks for us or stupid things you see that you want to point out or just bad basketball plays in general. Do you guys have any bruh picks today? Not necessarily bruh picks, but I do have an ooh pick though. Okay. You know, and when quickly went off the backboard to Julius Randle yeah. for the dunk, I was like, Yo, we have to run. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and they robbed my man of your sister. I didn't know they don't count those as assists. That's crazy. Wow, that's wild. Super wild. Yeah, play it again to me. It kind of shows 
encompasses the season. The growing chemistry within our team is, is just, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's, it's amazing to watch. Julius Randle, I can't believe Julius Randle's still smiling. All right. <laughs> I got two bra picks. What you got? The first one is James Dolan for being such a petty little asshole that he can't get Charles Oakley on the floor to celebrate the 1973 team. Oh. We had like only John starts. You know, obviously, Ewing was invited, but he Bruh. wasn't able to attend. But like Charles Oatley needs to be on that floor, bro. Like, come on. Like Marcus Camby's there. Oatley needs to be there. And my other bro pick is why the hell is a Mary Stoudemire? Bro, come on, bro, man. I, he's available for anything. Nits, man. He's just so desperate to be back on a basketball court, man. Get your ass back home, bro. Nah, nah, I'm not gonna home, let you. Man. I'm not gonna let you play Mario. I'm not gonna <laughs> that, let you do it. That should be Carmelo Anthony on the floor. No, no, That needs to be Carmelo Anthony on the floor, bro. Come on. I, I mean, okay, I'll say this. I'll say this. In Amari Stoudemire's defense, when nobody wanted to come to the Knicks, that man decided to come to the Knicks. And when he was here for like the first half season before the Mellow trade happened. He's balling he for 30 balling. games. He was balling, though. He was balling. <laughs> man, whatever. That's, that's a low bar, bro. Nice guy. Phenomenal guy. But just, man, I, I got tired of the injuries, man. Yeah, he, he, got, he was old. It wasn't. It wasn't ability. It wasn't skill set or heart. He, 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 he just got old, man. He just got it would have been so much more dope if it was Melo on the court. If Melo would have walked out over Amari Stoudemire, that's all I'm saying. I hear you on the Melo thing, but I still got love for Amari, man. Amari, if you want to yeah. come on the show, you can. All right, we'll mute Lee. You'll we'll mute me, Lee's mic. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only reason Carmelo was not there is because I think Carmelo's still an active player, even though he's not on a team right now. So I think that's the only reason why he wasn't really on the court. At least that's what I, that's what I would assume anyway. Yeah, I'm hoping Melo actually joins the Phoenix Suns. I hope hope they pick him up. That'd be great. I would I would oh. root for I would root for Phoenix, um, on the side. Bro, <laughs> you got super chats. Hmm. Oh yes, you we got to do the super chats. chats. Let's get to the super chats. Hold on. First, Super Chats, hold on. Y'all, y'all showing out tonight. $5 Super Chat from Ricardo says, Wings, he likes Grant. I guess he's calling my Jeremy Grant. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is cool. Um, Not for championship, but, you know. He, he, yeah, Brandon, he's like a bench piece. Yeah, he's like a bench piece. Brandon Ingram, for sure. Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Kelly Oubre, Gordon Haywood, etc. Thoughts? Gordon Hayward, no. Kelly Oubre, no. We got Josh for that. Michael Porter Jr. No. Too injury prone with the back. Yeah. Too injury prone. I love his potential, but that back situation is crazy. Yeah. Um, Ingles, no, nah, no. Nah, I I like Grant and I like Ingram. That's what I like on your list. <laughs> Ingram. Yeah, pretty much Grant and Ingram are the only two I really would go for. That's a fact. But thank you for for uh, con- contributing to the conversation, and thank you for the fight on the super chat. Appreciate it. Um. Yeah, Aaron- no, I, I also, Aaron Gordon is a nice player, but he would be kind of redundant here with Julius Randle here. So that's why Aaron Gordon wouldn't be oh, on my list. Good point. Good point on yeah. Aaron Gordon. 
forgot about them. And Gaming Channel also has a five hour super chat. He just wants to support. That's cool. Shout out to the Gaming Channel. Right. We'll be interacting on on uh, on uh, Twitter as well. All right, all right. Great show, guys. Great show. All right, so that is our show. Lee, let them know where they can find you, sir. I remember I, I've been wanting to bring this up, and it finally popped in my mind, which I'm really glad I can say this. There's like some really stupid comments, uh, you know, on YouTube about like, and I don't mind when people roast me for my tates. That's fine. But the, the stupidest comment I've ever seen on a Nick the Time video is when someone criticized the use of gunshots in the show. And it really infuriated me. And I'm still playing on a, on a rebuttal. But I found that to be a really asinine comment because unlike other Nick's podcasts, Jay Ellis and Ryan are never pandering to MSG interns and corporate oligarchs. They're here for, for the people by the people and i love the gunshots because most people who are on this channel listen to their insight and, and intellectual curiosity live in neighborhoods or grew up in neighborhoods where gunshots were a part of the everyday life and to me it's a warm cozy reminder that i'm here with fellow people that grew up the same way that i did and to, i love that this is home to me on this channel I, i've had anxious depressed days i come here i can let it all out with some great nits conversation and i my favorite part about the show when i was a viewer and not on the host with the gunshots because to me, it just had a great moment of celebration. Whether you're black, brown, or anything in between, when you fired shots up in the air, usually it's at jubilation. You're celebrating something. So, man, keep those gunshots right, right, and that's why I'm a part of a show. I think everyone who watches it, that's why they're a part of a show. Find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Oh, man, it's funny because... You know, when you're rating something and you're trying to have your own niche and lane and whatever, you you take in criticism for sure, but then you also have to find that balance of taking criticism and being true to yourself. And you gotta be true to yourself, man. Like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. If that's the only thing that's keeping you from watching, then um, I'm, I guess which is not for you, which is cool. Facts. Which yeah. is cool. But uh, what I love about the show is the people who are for us are for us. And they go hard. Um, so to the guys who support the channel, who who get it, uh, thanks for rocking with us. And gunshots to you. <laughs> there's, plenty of, there's plenty of MSG intern podcasts you can go check out, bro. They're, they're everywhere. Go check them out. <laughs> Yo, oh <laughs> Sponsored by MSG and James Dolan, literally. Bro. Oh, go, go check my out, God. There. Oh, look. Super chat. Gunshots. Gunshots. Let's go. And the super chat just says gunshots. <laughs> Shout out to Game <laughs> Channel. I love it, man. <laughs> Trip <laughs> Moore says more gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> I love the trolls on here, man. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just appreciate the support for this channel. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I like the vibe of the channel. I like where we're going. Um, it's funny. I feel like we're slowly trying to getting a a, a, a really solid following with you guys so i appreciate all the support for sure we're gonna get bigger and better and there's more things to come um but i uh thank you thanks for the support for sure the yeah. buck buck oh man <laughs> <laughs> i love the chat man shout out to michael ball strip more everybody rock with this show all right <laughs> ryan g 
<laughs> I don't know where to keep on you. I mean, okay, before I start, you know, giving out like my, my IG and Twitter and, and this and that, like Lee, you know, bringing up the the whole, you know, gunshots thing, like, you know, whoever, like, leave those comments in the chat talking about, you know, they, they're not, you know, I guess, you know, they're talking about the gunshots and how they don't like it, et cetera. Like, I, like that person could, clearly does not have Caribbean friends because if they were familiar with Caribbean, if they if they had Caribbean friends and they were familiar with Caribbean culture, like gunshots not promoting violence or anything like that, it's more to like hype people up or yeah. it's like a or it's like a celebratory exactly. thing. You know, if you listen to, if you listen to reggae, dancehall, soca music, yeah, etc., exactly. you, you want to hear gunshots go off as the music is playing. So it has nothing to do with violence. It's just something you know get to get people hyped, or or it could be used in a celebratory way. So I just want to get that out there. Number one. But yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. Right. Same way for Mexican culture, man. Gunshots in the air. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And I and I'm not Jamaican, so some people kind of feel like I think I am. I just grew up in Brooklyn, so. It's, uh, <laughs> 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 It is what it is. Uh, and of course, you know, Brooklyn is pretty much like the Caribbean, really. Pretty much. Yeah. But but like, uh, shout out to the show. Um, listen, you already know. Let me get to the screen. Get to the screen. Uh, cool. All right. KOT snapbacks. Black and white, blue and orange at the Nick and Time Show. Go to nickandtimeshow.com. Hit catalog. Boom, all the merch comes out. You get the KOT snapbacks, black, white, and blue, and orange. Follow us on the KOT show on Twitter, Nigga Time Show on Instagram, and Nigga Time Show on Facebook as well. Um, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you listen to podcasts, find the KOT show. And also check out the blogs on NiggaTimeShow.com. The writers be writing. Shout out to all the writers and Ken and Mikey and those guys. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. That is our show. Thanks, you guys, for watching. Hit that like and subscribe. Hit that like on your way out. And as always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That's our show. We out of here. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. <laughs>